Now, some of you, if you're wondering, hey, it feels hot in here because it's summer. <laughs> I told my mom the other day, I said, you know, mom, have you ever seen where the geese fly? And they're flying in that V, and there's always, it seems like the left side, there's, there's always more on the left side. And she said, yeah. I said, you know why that is? She said, why? I said, because there's more geese over there. <laughs> Sorry. How good is God? Hard to even describe. He's so good. And just have been an amazing time we're having. God's doing great things. Always good to be in the Word. You can't outdo the Word of God. And the Word will always give you truth. And if you follow that truth, it will set you free. And so we've been doing that. We're actually in week eight on the believer's authority, just finding out what authority we have and finding out what we can do as believers in Christ. We don't have to keep living the way we've been living you ever felt like sometimes, I wish I'd have known this 10 years ago? Man, so do I. Uh, there's a lot of things I wish I would have changed or I could have changed had I understood or knew my authority or practiced it or even tried it. Sometimes we're just afraid. What if I'm wrong? God's big enough, don't you think? Man, you know, if I get it wrong, he's big enough. But, I mean, if the Word says it, then it's not wrong. It's in the Word. So we're talking about... Stuff that actually we don't really learn in church, do we? We probably should. You are. You are. But I didn't learn it in church. You know, we just learned certain things, and we've been talking about that. God's God. He's sovereign. He does whatever he wants, when he wants, and how he wants, and that's it. And God, whatever happens, que sera, sera, what will be, will be. That's just what God says. Whatever happens, it's his will. That is not true. And we've learned that from the word of God. What happens is when we don't understand something as believers or people and we just we make up stuff because we want to feel better. Or we open our mind to something that doesn't line up with the word and we'll just go, yeah, let's go with that. that okay, that must be right. He's God. He can do anything. Well, he is God, yes. He could heal this person. He could save this marriage. He could save this person. But he already did all of that. And see, that's the thing. We just want it our way, but... It's not Burger King. So we have to figure out, Lord, if you've already set this in place, then what am I doing? What we spend time doing and what I've done, and I thank the Lord that he, he's, he's wonderful, he's patient. I see a lot of you have children. Patience is one of those things, isn't it? Bless God, I need patience. Well, he's patient, you know, but I mean, I, I remember just, I would... Lord, I want you to do this. And then nothing would happen. Then I'd, be, I'd get mad at God. The reason, because I didn't understand authority. Jesus even told us, don't tell God about your mountain. Tell your mountain about God. So we've been telling God, we've been speaking to God saying, I need you to do this. And God says, I've already done it, but I need you to tell that to move. You need to submit that I've already taken care of that. So that's what we've been talking about. God can't do anything he wanted because he doesn't want any to perish, but there are people that perish. He delegated power and authority to us, and if we don't use it, our authority and power that he gave us, things don't get done. Let me just put this simply. There's moms in the room. There's dads in the room. If you don't have older kids and you don't mow the yard, is there a mowing yard angel that comes down and says, I think I'll cut that yard for you? You, you, can, you can show or throw incense up. There's no mowing yard angel that comes to do that. If the dishes don't get done, they don't automatically get themselves clean and get put back in the cupboard. There are things that we must take authority and do that. But see, the problem is, it's accountability then. If we don't do those things and they don't get done, the biggest person we got to look at is ourselves. we got to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I need to do this. I needed to take care of that. James 4, 7 says, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. If you don't, if you don't resist the devil, you don't submit to God and you don't resist the devil, God, listen to what I'm saying, God can't resist him for you. Because he gave you, he delegated that to you. If he goes against his word, then everything would fall apart. He would be a liar and he can't lie. He gave that power to you. 
If we don't understand the power and authority, you know, he, we've been given it, what happens then? And then sometimes we, we just, because we're in a state of question, it's okay to have questions. How many know that? My wife's a question asker. It's okay to have questions. Because the Bible says that the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is inside you, he will lead you to all truth. He can help you with those answers. But what happens is we, we just open our mind to anything. If it sounds good, hey, that's got to be right. I've just, you ever been, just been tired? And has your kid ever wore you down? Or your grandkid or whatever? They want something, they want something, and finally you're just like, okay, yeah. Well. So you just you know, give in to that. We've established already that all the authority comes from God. God released it to Adam in Genesis 1. See, she's using her authority. Did you see that? She's learning so much. I really appreciate that. She's like, yes. <laughs> he released it to Adam in Genesis 1, and he had dominion on the earth. So God limited himself what he could do because he delegated it to man. Psalm 78, 41. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You remember all the Israelites in captivity. You remember that they were slaves in Egypt, and when they finally got released, they were going to the promised land. I, it was never God's intention for them to spend 40 years in the desert. They refused to do what he told them. If you remember, they sent scouts into the land, and they came back. A couple of them had a good report. The rest, oh, we're grasshoppers in their sight. They're giants. They're so much bigger than we are. So God had another. He wanted them to go into the land and conquer it, but they refused. So when we start saying the teaching that just says whatever God wants is going to happen, if he wants to, it'll happen. You know, that song, Doris Day, Que Sera, Sera, whatever will be, will be. Those things are just not true. He gave his kids, God gave his kids, the followers, the believers, Power and authority to heal, are you ready, and cast out devils. He gave that to his body, his kids, his believers. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, we ask or think, listen to this, according to the power that works in us. My friends, if there isn't any power working in you, and you're not taking this authority and resisting the devil, this is just the plain truth. God will not do it for you. He does it, listen, through you. He's not going to do it for you. He will do it through you. It's his power, but it's under your command. Does that make sense? So if I'm praying for someone and I'm believing for healing, it is his power that heals but I'm connected to the source that will be used to go through me to do that. That's how that works. We also know that Satan didn't get his power from God. He got it from Adam and Eve, from mankind. He took the authority that God gave us over the earth, and that's how and why he's ruling us as the God of this world. Adam and Eve were actually created to be gods in this world. If you remember G with a little G, not a big G, uh, with a little G. And Jesus validated it. But so when we yield to the enemy, we make him God of this world. So he got his power from us. I said this last week, so I'm going to say it again today. Now, if you've not heard any of this, you might want to go back because they're free, they're on our website and, and all that. You can listen to these and, and catch up to us if you'd like to. Um, but I try to review a little bit. But here's, here's the gist of this. God created Lucifer, that's who Satan is. But Adam and Eve actually created Satan. Not as a being, but as giving him dominion. And I'll explain. He was sent here, Lucifer was sent here to serve Adam and Eve, and we looked at it in the Word, but that's where the enemy, Satan, went AWOL. Hebrews 1.14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to, for those who will inherit salvation? 
He was in the garden sent to minister for Adam and Eve. That's where he rebelled. And Adam and Eve bought the lie. And if you remember, we talked last week about God had told Adam, don't eat from this tree. He didn't tell Eve. She wasn't created yet. And and the Bible says Adam was there when all this was going down. And he had to have related to Eve, but we don't know what got lost in that translation. Or if he was just saying, well, he meant me. I don't know that he meant you. I mean, I don't know. But she bought the lies of the enemy, and he went along with it. Adam did. And so then the enemy became their master. They gave the authority God gave them to the enemy, so that's how they made Satan from Lucifer. Does that make sense? He now, they serve him because they yielded that authority to him. So God made Lucifer, Adam and Eve, or mankind made Satan. He would have no power, no way in, The enemy doesn't unless we give it to him. He gets his place in your life because you give it to him. As as an angel, as a created angelic being, he had no power to come against man. God didn't give him that authority. He got it from mankind. He had given that authority to mankind. Revelation 12, 1 through 4 says, now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Being with child, she cried out in labor and pain to give birth. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads, ten horns, and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew uh, a third of the stars of heaven and threw them on the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child with a capital C as soon as it was born. This is obviously an allegory. It's just a symbolism. It's talking about things that represent other things. Some of it is explained. It refers basically to that dragon in that ninth verse that it would be the enemy. It would be Satan. But this is where, and if you, you, we just read it, where it says a third with his tail locked a third of the stars down. Uh, and that's where people will also get a third of the angels. Um, this is where this speaks. It's one of the few places this talks about. And, it, and it, it could mean exactly, you know, the third of the angels, Satan. We get that. But we also got to remember that this is there because it's symbolism. And it's possible that he could take a third of the angels. That's recorded. We get it. But I'm saying it doesn't, I'm not making, or we're not trying to make a major doctrine out of something that is symbol. We're not going to base everything off of symbolism in the, the story. It's true. Bible is always true. Even if you said he took a third of the angels, that means two-thirds is still left. He can't win. Even if he took 100% of the angels, God doesn't lose. God created the angels. So he cannot win. God would still triumph. Satan is stupid, but he's not really ignorant or dumb. Well, I like to say he is, but he's cunning. I believe this happened in the garden because he was jealous and envious. He wanted God's glory. He was sent there to serve Adam and Eve. And I think he felt, like we've all felt at one time or another, better than somebody else or whatever, more important. They shouldn't have that authority. I should have that. Why wouldn't God give that to me and and give it to them instead? It's not fair. Have you ever had your children say, it's not fair? Does, and you know, sometimes you're like, it's absolutely fair. You know, the Bible tells of a story of a guy that hired people for his vineyard, and he hired them at so much a, this is what I'm going to pay you, and they worked all day, and within the last couple hours of the day, he hired some other people for the same wage. And some of the other workers said, that's not fair. Let me ask you this. If you owned the field and you wanted to put whoever in it to work, and they agreed to what you told them, it's fair. Because you're, it's your field. They agreed to work for the eight hours for such and such dollars. This guy agreed to work the two hours for the same amount of dollars. You might not like it, but they agreed to it. So God gave man authority. 
And he didn't give it to him and say, if you just use it the way I say, you're good. If you don't do it the way I say it, I'm taking it back. He didn't give it to him with strings. How many in here have ever gotten something with strings attached? Oh, glory. We don't like strings, do we? My grandson says, Pinocchio, or something like that. That's how he says Pinocchio. How does he say that? Pinotipio. Hey, Pots, let's watch Pinotipio. And so he'll do that song, I got no strings to hold me down. You know, we get stuff with strings. People, hey, I want to I wanna bless you. And here are the strings. We see that in our society and different things. People get bought out, all that. This, God did give no strings. I'm giving you the authority, and I'm not taking it back. He wouldn't come and change it because, again, he put everything together. If he lies, the universe falls apart. So the enemy decided, if I'm going to get this power and authority, I can't get it through God. He already gave it away. If I tossed my keys to my father in the back, and you came and said, hey, I want the keys to your truck. I don't have them. It's your truck. Yeah, it's my truck. I want, I want to drive it. I gave the keys to my dad. Good luck getting those keys. There's jelly donuts in that truck. And you're not. <laughs> but, you know, it was already delegated. God wouldn't use or give it to the enemy. He had already given it away. And I'm going to say some things. And, again, we've been doing this series, and it's really quiet. It's not like it has been. Not that it's never not quiet, but because we are, it's just, so much information that's good that we've never heard in church before. If you're, say, you know, if you've all seen shows where they, somebody goes in to rob a bank. Wow. They have six shots or they just have a knife. I was a teacher at a bank once. Seriously, when it used to be Bank One, remember when Chase was Bank One? There was a bank downtown. I was a teller there, and a, a guy came in, motorcycle helmet, black, all dressed in black. And they say there's a note right on the door. If you have a helmet on, you have to take it off. He came in, and they said, sir, you need to remove your helmet. He didn't speak. He just said no. He just shook his head no. And they, they said again, sir, you have to... And he just said no. People were getting away from him. A man went up there, and he just, he wanted nothing to do with him. He just pointed at him and went like that, man. Tellers, I was the only guy teller. So I think all the girl tellers are like, take care of him. I'm across the, I mean, what am I going to do? Spider-Man? I mean, I don't know. I, you know. But I'm looking, and every girl teller is doing this. There's a button, and they are pushing it. Meet, meet, meet. And it's what that does, it sends an alarm in the police station or wherever that alarm goes. And man, before that guy ever got up to the window, he was kindly escorted to the wall. They took off his helmet, and then he's upset because of how he was being treated. But see, he wouldn't he wouldn't abide by the rules. Satan is not going to abide by the rules. He is going to come in and do whatever you will allow him to do. You need to know how to push the button. How do you get, how does that robber do it? I'll tell you what he does, and this will make this point. He gets a hostage. And what happens then is the police value the hostage more than what the robber came to get. More than the money, they value the life of the hostage. That's the devil's logic. He can't come against God, and he can't survive, but the value is in the hostage. He'll try to hold you up in your faith and hold you up in where you're at and whatever you're, wherever that got disrupted, and he'll hold you at bay. Because you know why? Because the enemy knows that God is love and that for God so loved the world that he gave. Come on, somebody. So that he doesn't want any to perish. And the enemy knows that. So he goes for you and your kids. So that's his angle. 
so he's going to try to get you to disobey God. Did God say he can't force his way, but he'll deceive his way? See, when they bought the lie, that's when he became Satan. He was Lucifer, and when he, they believed him, now. So they gave the enemy power and authority. God can't intervene because he already gave his word. He can't break it. He can't change it. He is the God that doesn't change, Hebrews 13, 8. I think he would have, you know, you'd, you'd like to think he could have just made them behave right then. But again, he can't violate his word. John 4, 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. I'm gonna, I'm, can I push further? I'm going to anyway. He gave his authority to physical human beings. Lucifer was an angel that didn't have a physical body. And he didn't have authority on the earth or in the earth. So that's why he tricked Adam and Eve, who had authority on the earth and in the earth. And they had physical bodies. Satan has to flow through people. Remember I talked about the man that, remember the guy that had 6,000 demons because he said, we are legion? The demons knew who Jesus was, but the man was still able to get to Jesus and fall down, and the demons started saying, don't, don't what are you going to do to us? Hey, the pigs, the pigs, throw us into the pigs. Jesus said, Okay. So they left, and they went into the pigs, and the pigs went off the cliff into the water and drowned and died. Have to have a physical body. For them to have any sort of power, anything with a physical body has more authority than a demon. I know it's quiet. I'm just trying to help. A frog has a physical body. Pigs. Flies, mosquitoes, they are demons though, aren't they? Don't you think? I'm just saying. But he can't do anything because he's a spirit being and he can't do anything except he has to flow through people. Angels are ministering spirits. Hebrews 1.14, they're not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. So the spiritual realm can't do anything in this physical realm except through somebody with a physical body. How God gets things done is he uses us with his spirit in us. That's how that works. Since the enemy's authority came from Adam and Eve, he can only operate as the God of this world. He can only destroy people's lives as somebody with a physical body that says yes to him to give him power. He's got to flow through people. God does the same thing because he's a spirit. How many know that Jesus was God in flesh, physical body? And now Jesus had to leave so his spirit would come and dwell inside his believers, physical body. Three twenty of Ephesians. I love this scripture. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above abundantly above all we could ask or think. Here's the, here's the kicker, according to the power that works in us. God has to flow through people. The enemy has to flow through people. Even people that love God aren't always obedient. Doesn't always happen. <laughs> I remember Mallory went to a Christian school, and we believed the Lord told us to send her there. And we were, okay, and, but it was... More expensive because it was a private Christian school. And I remember thinking, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. But, you know, I didn't know what I know now. But I remember a, God came, or a guy came forward the day before the tuition was due and said, I was supposed to come and give this to you two weeks ago. But I just didn't. He said, I don't want you to get mad at me. But I didn't want to because I needed the money for something else. I didn't tell him to give me any money. I didn't tell him any of that. But God had told him you need to go there and pay for Mallory's tuition. I was pretty thankful. But man, for two weeks, I'm thinking, dude, you just, you know, please, 
I wish I'd have known that two weeks ago. But see, if I would have known what I know today, I wouldn't have sweated that. Because God's never late, is he? People, live human beings, are the only ones that have authority in this life to establish what happens. It answers some questions for you, if you think about it. You know, sometimes people are like, why would God allow this to happen? Maybe God didn't allow it to happen. You did, depending on what it is. You know, there was a, a fellow, he's like, why did God allow this wreck, this wreck and put all these people in the hospital? And he said, what happened was the driver went to sleep. So he asked God, he said, why do you allow this? And this is because the driver went to sleep. The driver hadn't slept in over 30 hours or something like that, so he's tired. Get some sleep. You got to drive. Or somebody could have relieved him, and that never happened. People are influenced by God. People are influenced by the enemy. Spirits can communicate with physical bodies, but until those physical bodies choose to either yield to God or the enemy, God or the enemy are powerless to intervene directly. They must intervene through people. In other words, people have to receive. I mean, it's quiet, but I mean, think about this. There's that, why does Scripture say submit to God? There's a story of a guy that, and I've shared this story, so I'll condense it, but basically there was a fellow that had a, a demonic presence that was just manifesting in this guy, and so the man made him sit and be quiet, and then he, there's a place that was full of people, and so he gave an altar call. He said, I'm about to tell this demon where it can go. You finally get to tell somebody where to go. That's kind of fun. So you get, he said, but you know, when it leaves this person, it's going to look for someplace else to go. I'd like to do an altar call. And people were just like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he said the altars are just flooded. People just like, okay, I'll give my heart to the Lord. But listen to me. The enemy can't do anything to you without your consent and cooperation. And you don't like to hear that, and I don't like to hear that, but because it makes us be accountable. So if we say, the devil made me do it, we talked about that, or, you know, he's forcing me to do this. No, he's not. He doesn't have that kind of power. You've yielded to that. He's tricked your mind. You've bought the lie. We use it to justify our actions. See, we look at the enemy and we think he's so big and strong and he's so powerful. He's playing you. Don't buy it. It's a lie and a deception. I mean, you don't even have to be Einstein to know that they're demons and they're demonic influences. We all get that. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, my kids are having bad dreams, and uh, you know, I just feel like the enemy is tormenting them, I just, and it's terrible. I mean, can you help us? Okay. Well, what, am I, you know, what are your kids watching? Well, they watch Friday the 13th. They watch, and they just start naming off these horror flicks. I'm just like... How old are your children? You are opening one, and they're like, it's got to be from the enemy. Wow. Move to the front of the class. Stop that. Quit leaving the door open for that. What we do in the church, we deny the power of them. We understand there's a fight. We understand there's a devil. understand there's an enemy. But we all act like it's in a third world country. It only happens in Africa or somewhere else. And the enemy's fine with that. There are people out there that are so spiritual, they're no earthly good. We've all been around that. They're so demon conscious. So I'm trying to be careful on how I say this, but I mean, we've been doing this for about 30 years, and I don't have all of the answers, but I have enough of them. We've had people that, Pastor, I want to give you a little tour of our facility. Okay. And we were just taking a church. We'd walk in, in this room, ooh, there were a lot of, and they just, you know, I'm look, I remember looking at Kim like, what in the world? And this room, these are where demons did, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, in this room, 
God entered in because you and I and the people that love God are coming in this room so they can't stay. But, you know, the enemy wants you to buy into they're so strong, they're so big. They are not bigger than anything. You can handle that because you have the greater one in you. That's why that scripture says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, meaning the enemy. The devil is afraid of you. Don't buy the lie that you have to be timid. You have to take some things by force. I mean, that's just how it is. There's things that just, you know, you're going to have to stand up, put your big boy pants on, and do something. We have four children. I love them all. Yes, there's a story coming. In bed, asleep. I always sleep by the door. You know that. If anybody would ever raid my house, they'd have to come through me to get to her. That's always been my motto, and I'll stick with it. So I'm sitting there. Have you ever been kind of asleep in between sleep and la-la land, and you feel like somebody's watching you? Have you ever seen Snoopy on his doghouse like this? I'm laying in bed, and I got my eyes closed, and I'm thinking, somebody is leering, looking at me. And I'm like, i got to be dreaming. And it's dark in a room because it's nighttime. It's supposed to be sleeping. And I open my eyes, and there is a figure at the end of the bed like this. And my wife said, wow, I have never seen you move so fast. I immediately became Bruce Lee. I thought to myself, this is what I thought, whoever this is, is not coming this way. The door was right here. There was a window. I'm two stories up, but I've watched too many John Wayne movies. This is what I'm thinking. We're going through the window like Chisholm. And somehow I'm going to make it okay when I hit the ground. <laughs> But I'm going to take him through the window. And, I mean, she said I was up on the bed like, Waka! and I am, I am like almost midair. And she goes, honey, stop. It's Zach. It was my oldest boy being the vulture. And I'm like, and this is all I hear. I can't sleep. Oh, for the love of God, you're about to sleep for a long time. I'm just like, oh, don't buy the, the, the enemy wants you to think he's so powerful. And I've told you the story one time I was doing a concert. I was the guy that sounded like Carmen. So I was going to do this concert and I'm practicing. And I see something like from me back to where Justin is back in the sound booth. I mean, just I'm up in the balcony and there, it was back there. And it was there was a big uh, back in the day where you had those big monitors on the stage. You remember those? You know, and this this thing was just bobbing and weaving. It was black and it was hunched over and it was just looking at me. And, and I remember, I mean, I'm there, I'm pinching myself like, am I seeing that? Am I really seeing that? And this wave of fear hit me like I had never felt before that time. And all I could hear in my mind was somebody screaming, run. And I'm in the balcony of an old church. And I was just like, and I mean, I remember like I was almost too scared to do anything. You ever been so scared you can't talk? I've been so scared before I can't talk, and you're trying to say the name of Jesus, but it comes out like you're, but you can't, you want to get it out. You're thinking it really clear, but I just did that the other night, and my dog jumped up and like, what's the problem? I woke up, and he's licking my face. Anyway, I was just like, I remember saying Jesus in the best way I could get it out. <laughs> and I heard the Lord say, this is what he said, just as calm as almost like, pass the ketchup, please. You like French fries? I like French fries. Okay. He said, it's just the enemy. Just like that. Just the enemy. Just rebuke him and he'll leave. Just like that. Like it was, pass the ketchup. So I just said, I had a mic in my hand, and I just said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You get out of here. And it just like, shoo, 
was gone. And I stayed 45 more minutes practicing. My point is, the enemy will try to tell you it's this or it's that or he's this big. It's important that you understand this picture. He's not that big. He is just a liar. And, and he's just a bully. He's just the one that's trying to take your lunch money. Are you going to continue to give it to him? I mean, I've been asked to do all kinds of things. Pastor, will you come and clean out this room? What's the matter? You got stuff stored in there? No, there's weird things going on in this room. If you come in this room, whatever's going on, it's got to be the enemy. We hear things and there's this and this and this. Will it leave? I said, yes, it will leave. Are you sure? Positive. They said, oh, that'll be great. Can you come? Yeah, I can come, but here's the issue. What? I'm leaving too. I can come in your room, but I'm not staying in your room. You know why? Here, listen, because you have authority. Now, I have authority when I'm entering that room because I got Christ in me. But I'm not the priest of that home. I'm going back home to mine. There's a story of a people that had somebody come and live with them. It was a relative, but they didn't follow God. They kind of went the enemy side. And to make a long story short, that person passed away. And nobody would ever go in that room because the room was just weird. You ever been someplace? And I'm not saying be demon conscious, but they were just like, it's weird. And everybody stayed out of that room. They had Bible studies in their home. Nobody would go in that room to hold a Bible study. They just wouldn't. Nobody would enter that room. And this guy, he had a brother, and they said, you can go stay in that room. You can each have a room. And the, the brothers are like, yes. So the one boy goes in there. He said he wasn't in there but a week, and he was back in the other room because weird things were happening. And his other brother said, well, if you're not taking that room, I'm taking that room. I'm not staying in this room with you. And the brother said, go ahead. So he said he went in there. And in a week, he was back in there. I think we should stay together because they both stuff. Well, then the guy found out about authority. And so he went in that room with a new mindset. Some of you need to hear what I'm saying. You need a new mindset. You need to know who you are in Christ or whose you are in Christ. And he goes into that room. He binds the enemy. He tells it to get out. You can't be active in this. You can't stay in this house. You can't be anywhere near this. I am God. God is in me and I have got, you know, I've got his spirit in me. And he cleansed that room. And he said, and then they had Bible studies again there and people just started going in the room. Nobody said anything, but all of a sudden the room was being used. Why? Because I'm telling you, God always triumphs. He said when he first walked in the room, he was scared. All he could picture was big, demonic, nasty, fanged tooth, whatever. And media does a good job with that. And I'm not saying, I don't, you know, I've seen some things, but I'm not saying they can, I'm, I don't think they're going to look pretty. The ones I have didn't look pretty. Although Lucifer was the beautiful angel. How many remember that? That's what the Bible says. But anyways, the Lord just told him, he said, they're nothing but a mouthpiece. All they do is just talk. They just make noise and intimidate. The truth is this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a believer in Jesus, you are the one with the power and the authority. If you get a picture of what that looks like, it'll change the way you react to situations. Are you, are you hearing what I'm telling you? You'll get bold. You'll start saying, wait a minute. You know, we got mamas in the building. We got daddies in the building. We got grandpas in the building, uncles, aunts. We got all that. I get it. But you get a mama in there and somebody unjustly picks on your kid. I'm not getting in your way. I mean, because that mama in you, that, that mama bear is going to be like, oh. My mother-in-law sitting in the back and she said, oh, they better never mess with my kids. My grandkids, they won't know what hurt is till I come and get them. She just cracks me up. She, she gets mad if they were, you know, anybody. She said, oh, if they's on fire, wouldn't spit on them. Put them out. Wouldn't do that. That should be in a book somewhere. That's a classic line. But anyway. 
<laughs> There's so many times stuff has happened that I'm like, okay, God, what are you showing me? I worked at Honda for seven in, uh, just over seven years to do what I do now. And, and next thing I know, there's some Satanist high priest that worked at Honda that had heard about me. I never met him. I didn't even know what he looked like. I didn't know anything, but he had heard about me. Can I tell you this? You, the Spirit of God in you goes before you. I didn't go around saying anything about because it's not who I am. It's whose I am. I mean, I was praying for people in my, in my section that worked with me. I was praying for they, they were People asked me, will you pray for this? Pray for me. Pray for my grandma. Pray for But this is what's happening. You're the man that prays. I'd be praying for people at lunch. And so he heard about me. So I'm in line, and then some guy says, I think that's him that's over there. He turns around no sooner and said that, looks at me, locks eyes, comes over, and I'm standing there with my tray, and I'm just standing there. And I, well, there's a table. I set my tray on the table. It's a high table where you're getting your silverware and all the condiments and all that stuff. And he looks at me, and he goes, <sighs> just shows his teeth and leans in. And I'm like, I leaned in, and I looked at him. I mean, our faces are like this. And this is truth. I just said, Jesus. And he goes, <sighs> like that. Turns around and walks around and never saw him again. That was it. But see, in your mind, you're thinking, it's the devil. It's the devil. It's the devil. I'm telling you, this is what the devil's thinking. It's the Jesus people. It's God's kids. If you would understand the power and the anointing that you have, you can take your houses back. You can take your, your, your lives back. You can begin and pray like you've never prayed before and see fruit. We're not supposed we're not supposed to. I was homeschooled. That's one of the gooder decisions I've ever made. No, I wasn't homeschooled, but I was the principal of one. <laughs> My kids are smart. <laughs> I love your laugh. We're not supposed to be afraid of the enemy. He's afraid of us. And don't give him that kind of credit. Don't give him that kind of credit. He wants you to be afraid of him. He wants you to be afraid of situations. We've been in different, when we came back to town, started this church, we were looking, we didn't know if the house would open up. We were looking for a place to stay. We're talking about renting this one house. And the guy heard that a preacher was coming over to rent it and he was in there renovating it. He turned over and came right up to me again. I don't know him, never seen him since. He goes, I'm the devil. Right in my face. What is it with this? But if it's in the Bible, I'm not Jesus, but I work for him. They just come right up. I'm the devil. I said, well, good for you. I work for Jesus, and you've been beaten. <laughs> he turned around, and he never spoke to me again. That was it. We looked at the house, and we walked out. The enemy is afraid of you. Satan got his power to be the God of the earth. He got it from Adam and Eve, and they gave that authority to him. When they said yes to him, they made Lucifer Satan. That's my point. He's using human authority and power to access or to oppress people. But he can't do anything without your consent or cooperation. This, my friends, is a game changer. Doesn't mean there isn't any enemy. It doesn't mean that you're not in a fight. 612 says we do not, of Ephesians, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, principalities, powers against rulers of darkness, this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It's still a battle. I get it. But it's not a battle between two undefeated foes. You need to understand that. One of the foes has already been defeated. He's already been beaten up by Jesus. He's already been whipped the only thing the enemy's got is accusation and lies. He is all mouth. You usually pop a bully in the mouth and he'll leave. My dad told me that, and he was right. I had bullies come up. I couldn't get away. They got popped. They never bothered me again. Matter of fact, then after that, for whatever reason, they're like, if anybody bothers you, you just let me know. Yeah, I'm going to have you over. That'd be great. You have to understand you're the one that's been given power and authority. You can operate with boldness, confidence. You can take it to the enemy. You can destroy his power. 
Here's what you got to understand. Not only do you know where you get your power, you got to know where he got his power from. If you know he got his power from Adam and Eve, from mankind, you don't have to have that same because that's why Jesus came. Remember in the beginning of this message, or not this one, but in the series, the purpose, God's purpose is to destroy the works of the devil. I don't know about you, but I like that. My wife said, man, I can't believe you are such a redneck. (laughs) My people. (laughs) I'm really not anymore, I don't think. I mean, I've I've got all that seems like under wraps, but there'd be, you know. But all I'm telling you is, greater is he that's in me. I'll say this, and I'm going to... And then we'll, we'll, I'll stay down here for prayer. I saw him a second ago. Gibby. Yeah. I've been, I've been your pastor for a long time. Ever since you were, well, you probably had whiskers when you were two months old. But besides that, <laughs> that's not even the story. But <clears throat> I went out in the foyer. Now, this just happened today. He was, his head was hurting. And he, he was talking to his mom. Margie's his mom right here. She's a wonderful lady. Likes the Steelers. We won't hold that against her. <laughs> Somebody over here, yes, we will. <laughs> anyway, she said, just go take an ibuprofen. And I don't know why. He said, I, I can't take an ibuprofen. And right like that, the Lord said, Brett, just put your hand on his head and pray for him. Okay. So I said, Gibby, turn that hairy head over here. Come here. And I just put my hand on it, and I, this is all I said. I didn't say it loud. I just said, in Jesus' name. You headache, you cannot stay on my friend. Pain, you must go by the authority of Jesus Christ. That was it. I turned around to him. I said, how's it feel? He goes, doesn't hurt anymore. Just like that. Just like that. Now listen, that's God. That's not because I put my pants on just like you, one leg at a time. I'm no, I mean, he loves me just like he loves you. What I'm telling you is I'm exercising something that he has given me, authority and power. He's given it to you too. If you're a believer, you have that. The problem is we don't do it because we've been trained in church. Well, sometimes God does this, sometimes he doesn't. You never know. It's not his will to heal. If it's, you know, it's just whatever. That's not what the word says. That's what man says. And see, the the hard nose is, if something didn't happen the way we wanted, we don't want to look and say, we we didn't do it right, or we didn't believe, or whatever. Some of that's hard to swallow. I get it. I'm not here to make anybody mad. I have been through stuff, and I would have loved to have had it been different. But because of either my own ignorance or my own whatever, it is what it is, as Jack would say. (laughs) But I'm telling you, we have a big God. And I have fruit from doing it God's way. There's some things I haven't seen, but I will see. I've seen God heal animals. Because we've prayed. I've seen God heal people of big lumps, rashes, seen bones snap. I've seen God deliver people that had uh, demon possession right before my eyes. I saw a woman, she's about 75, 78 years old. I thought I killed her. I don't mean it bad, but I mean, she came up for prayer and I prayed and she went back. I tried to catch her and there was a pew. And I, all I could see in my mind was her going, hitting that with her head. And then like, you know, local preacher kills woman in church and, you know. And I am not the only one that saw it. She went back as if somebody was holding her and nobody was touching her. Like in slow motion. And the pew, the wooden singular pew goes, whoosh, and she went and laid on the ground. And the pew goes, shoo. 
and closed back up. And I mean, I was like that. And then there was people, only, I said, did anybody, am I the only one that, and they were like, I've never seen that before. Why? Because we've learned that we speak to the mountain and the mountain will move. I didn't actually speak to the pew, but I spoke for the lady to be healed and the pew was in the way. Sometimes you got to get some stuff out of your way. I'm asking you this morning. I'm about to pray. We're about finished here. What's stopping you? Are you just saying, Brad, I've never heard it this way before. That just seems like, oh, it's deep. I get it. It's deep. But just listen. Don't take my word for it. Look it up in the Bible. Just open your heart to the Lord. Don't tell God about your mountain. He already knows. Tell your mountain about your God. You've, you feel like, oh, if we just get I, all this time of year, allergies, allergies. Don't claim those. Speak to those. Don't call them yours. Do you want those? No, speak to those. Father, I thank you. So I breathe free and easy. Allergies can't touch my body in Jesus' name. I'm being healed every second as I walk. You know, any virus, any sickness, any infirmity touches my body, dies instantly. And you start walking that out. Come on, somebody. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you begin to say what God says. Isn't that what Jesus did? If you heard me say it, because I heard the Father say it. And I just say what he says. Your kids ever repeat what you say? We were just saying that today. My granddaughter, we were in the car, and somebody pulled out in front of us, and one of us said, what the heck? About two minutes later, we hear from my granddaughter, what the heck? We're like, oh, boy, that's going to take legs and walk. So we had to explain to mom and dad, this is what we said. She repeated it. We're so sorry. Of course, that's not terrible, but still, you're like, she just repeats. Listen to God. Repeat it. Say what he says. Because that's what the enemy doesn't want you to do. You have power. You have authority. He's going to tell you you don't. But there's a reason he's telling you you don't. Because you do. Because there's no truth in him. So the, the thing he's telling you, the opposite is true. Bow your heads. Close your eyes.